Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Welcome back to Room Party, driven by Munganass, St. Louis Acura, Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you for one hour of midday Magic. Thank you. Chris Kerber joins us to perform some magic, just like Doug Henning. Just like Doug Henning. Good morning, Chris. Doug Henning. <laughs> you're going to have to tell. You're, you're going to have to tell a lot of your audience, especially your producer, who that is. Jackson, do you know? God, I'm looking at him and I'm trying to pick up a read. Curbs, I, I know we we like to play poker. I can't tell if he knows who Doug Henning is based on his facial expression. I'm going to say he. Does I've heard the name I'm saying before. No way. I've heard the name before associated with magic. He's a magician, correct? Right. All right. Well, I count that. But you can't picture least, Doug Henning. I can no. confuse it with Sonia Henning and think he was a figure skater and just no. her brother. Well, that is my wheelhouse. But um, <laughs> uh, no, like if Doug Henning walked in here right now, unless he pulled a rabbit out of his hat, then I wouldn't know who he is. If Doug Henning were to walk in here, number one, it would be like Tupac. But number uh, two, the fact that he would have this mullet mustache <laughs> and sequins on, you would say, oh, this gentleman isn't from around here. Right. Well. That's, that's what I would tell you regarding Doug Henning. Yeah, all right, fair enough. Boy, if you would have thought we would spend a minute on Doug Henning, you you, you get yeah. probably got paid off handsomely on that. <laughs> Curbs, what's going on with you? Uh, what has been going on for you? Have you been vacationing? Uh, what's going on with the, your all-star no, break? No, no, just uh, just uh, enjoying some extra time at home with the girls. Yeah. And, you know, we got Christy's, you know, third-grade teacher, and, you know, the other kids are in school. So it's just uh, just enjoying some Getting some things done, uh, not going as fast uh, as you know as you do during the part of the season. So, uh, just kind of enjoying a little bit slower time, but uh, nothing exotic and nothing really vacation oriented. Anything stand out to you from All Star Weekend in Sunrise, Florida? I mean, Tarasenko's comments to Jr. Certainly one thing. Matthew, the Kachuk boys having a chance to play together. Uh, anything stand out to you more than anything else? Crosby and Ovechkin getting to play together. I hope they'll. You know what? I, I think uh, I've said this a lot about the game of hockey, and I, maybe maybe I don't follow. And I and I thought I followed the other sports pretty well, but but maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I, I've never I've never seen a group of people or a sport that rips itself, that tears its own product down, that is as negative on a national level about its product than any other sport. Now I get it. The the All Star Game is is awful. I mean, I understand it, but you know, there are some, there are some really good things that you can take out of it. Like you said, I mean, Ovechkin and Crosby being one of them and you know, the way these athletes interact and maybe, maybe it's that interaction that these, at some of these all-star games, because look, except for baseball, baseball is the closest thing to the real game uh, that you can get when, when it comes to all-star. So I, I think, and, and I think about what, from an all-star standpoint, things that jump out and, um, you know, like, like the NBA all-star game for me. And I, and I, and I used to watch it, but there was one time where basically Jordan magic went one-on-one, right. Yeah, yeah. At one point in time in a game. I remember that outside of that, you know, I don't, I don't remember. You know, there's nothing that's too gripping, but uh, you come out of the all-star game and, and a couple of things pop and they're actual hockey related things. I think one, you see the Islanders trade for Bo Horvat. Pretty decent return, but then they give Bo Horvat, who's 27, an eight-year contract at eight and a half million. And I started. I said, "Geez, you know, I mean, Bo Horvat's a good player. 
I think there's nobody in the last seven years that's taken more faceoffs than he has. He was the captain of a team. He won 55% of those draws. Really good player. 31 goals this year, 31 last year. That's elite, you know, without a doubt. But but his point totals have been below 60. And I, I kind of go, man, oh, man, like this Cairo and Thomas deal, if these guys develop into even stronger all-around players, could end up looking like an absolute bargain here over, you know, the life of that contract, depending on how it goes. So I, that, I, I, I thought about that one, you know, is, is what pops out to me. And then, you know, I just kind of I watched that game last night between the New York Rangers and the Calgary Flames. And there's a simple reminder, I think, the game is called so tightly now that I think NHL players forget that they could get hit. And, man, was there some awesome hitting in oh, that game. Oh, Kadri so, last night, Jacob Truba. Yeah. How do you do? Yeah, I mean that's that that was that was the best part of the whole thing to me. So I um, kind of kind of the fact that the, the fact that you come out of an All Star game that doesn't look like your game at all, and then you have that kind of game tells you the playoffs are coming. So I that's that, that's my takeaway from the weekend, which is a lot of rambling, probably for nothing. No, I enjoy it. That's perfect for this show. It's ADD <laughs> theater. Uh, I, I, yeah. I, you brought up the, the trade with Horvat and then eventually the deal that he signed, but specific to that trade, and we haven't talked with you since um, that trade occurred, I would imagine that from a Blues perspective, that was a good thing. Would you agree, or, or how do you how do you see that? Yeah, the Horvat, that the Horvat trade was a good thing? Yes, in the sense um, that it, it set the market, and the market looks pretty good from a seller standpoint. Yeah, except I think what the Blues have to offer, well, maybe not. Yeah, I, I think it sets it where you know you're talking draft pick prospect, and you know, you know, and uh, you know, and, and, and a player there. I, uh, I I think that the market's going to heat up even more. To be honest with you, I don't I don't think that that sets a market per se, because I think what it, eventually what you might see and. And, and the difference is there is it, it's pretty clear that Lou Lamorella wanted to and, and had a plan to re-sign him. I mean, they had the framework. They, they clearly had the framework of that deal done, uh, you know, to, to make that trade happen. And when you, now, and, and that's really the key. You, you get the framework of a deal done when you make a trade, someone's willing to pay a little bit more. So let's just let's, let's take Vladimir Tarasenko just as, as the test subject here. If you were to trade him to a team that he clearly wanted to go to, um, and that team, you give them permission to try and let them know that they are going to be able to re-sign them and get a deal worked out, you, they'll be willing to pay a yeah. higher price yeah, yeah, yeah. Than, yeah. than the other way around. So I, I think maybe that's something to keep an eye on. Yeah, do, you, do you, with regards to it heating up, that's that's one thing. And I guess maybe a better way to phrase it is it sets the floor, perhaps, not necessarily the ceiling. And with it heating up, and I know you're talking about the price paid from a buyer to a seller, how soon do you think things will go? Is, is this going to be, we're going to be waiting until the final hours in March 1st and 2nd and 3rd? Or do you think that we could see some activity here, um, you know, in the super near future? Well, I, th- I think there's always going to obviously be those deals that take right up to the horn to get done, right? Mm-hmm. But the challenge that you have in the National Hockey League is right now, I, I think it's you have 32 teams. And I think 21 of them, or 23 of them, I haven't gone back and looked here in a couple weeks, but around that number are within a couple million dollars of the salary cap. Now, the way to do the quick math is if you take the average salary over the course of the year, divide it by 200, that's the daily value of their cap hit. 
You've got, what, about 50 days left in the regular season. Multiply that daily number times 50, and that's how much cap space you need, right, to get yeah. a deal done. A lot of these teams, and you've got 15, 17 teams that are under a million dollars in cap space. Some of them are in long-term IR. The reason I, I say and bring that up, Tim, is it's harder to get a deal done quick because you've got to make sure that the math really works. So what, you're, what you've really started to see in recent trade deadlines is that third team to take cap yeah. space. Yeah. So, for example, the Blues, uh, somebody wants to acquire Vladimir Tarasenko at a $7.5 million cap hit, but they don't have enough money to do it. Well, that same team, say, may call up the Arizona Coyotes and say, we'll give you a third-round draft pick. You take $2 million of this cap hit, right? It's essentially like finding a buyer, you know, trading for, you know, the cap space, basically, basically a team – paying you for draft picks, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that you want. So how do you value them? So to me, there's some – because there's so many teams tied up against the cap, I do think that at least the real strong framework of a lot of these deals has to be in place sooner than right up against the trade deadline. Chris Kerber will be on the call when the Blues get back on the ice, taking on the Coyotes this coming Saturday. Blues and Coyotes right here on 101 ESPN. Curbs, enjoy the time with the family. Thank you so much for joining us here, and we'll look forward to talking to you again next week. Appreciate it, man. All right, fellas. Have an awesome week. Thank you. You too. That's Chris Kerber with us here on 101 ESPN. All right, yesterday, Jackson, I came out of Twitter retirement. Uh, What a buzz there was uh, throughout cyberspace. And I posed two questions. The polls are closed. You can go, and you can go check it out for yourself and, and and find out the answer that I'm about to tease you with. Two questions I posed. Do you approve or disapprove of the job Doug Armstrong is doing as the general manager of the Blues? Do you approve or disapprove of the job John Mazalek is doing as the president of baseball operations for the St. Louis Cardinals? We will give you the results of those two Gallup poll questions coming up next here on Balloon Party, driven by Mungan at St. Louis Acura on 101 ESPN.